The Biden administration is pardoning thousands of drug-related crimes while threatening pro-life advocates with a 10-year prison term. It begs the question, do we have a two-tiered justice system in this country with the outcomes depending on your beliefs? Plus, a Virginia senator equates marijuana with Tylenol. Welcome to Speak Up Virginia, equipping you to speak up on the life, family, and freedom issues that matter most to you. From the Family Foundation, I'm your host, Candy Cushman, with our president, Victoria Cobb. Well, welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us for Speak Up Virginia. To start off today, Victoria, I know Valentine's Day is coming up. I don't know if you guys have big traditions, but I have an early gift for you. Oh. Conversation hearts. Well, do that you remember is these? very, I do. They're the classic Valentines, especially <laughs> in the, you know, when you're passing out Valentines to your friends, little boxes yeah. of these. Yes. I don't know about you, but I do have fond memories of this being part of my childhood and opening them up. We're going to open them up oh, here. Oh, okay. Yours might already. Yeah. No, they're both. We're opening them up. Look at the little message. Now, what does yours say? Mine says, let's hang. So it's very, okay. very low key romance right there. I thought I had a blank one for a minute because it's almost blurred out, but it does say kiss me. We're okay. not going to take that literally yeah, on this yeah, podcast. Yeah. I will hang out with you. That's great. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, but the reason I bring this up is because, you know, when you there would always be that blurry one in the pack like I just got. And there is a candy company that has decided this is an opportune moment that they have found a brilliant marketing ploy to use these blurry messages. So Sweethearts has made an entire Sweethearts box of these little hearts that are blurry. The entire box is filled with blurry messages. And what they are saying is, is that um, you can get these blurry messages because they reflect when you're in a situationship. So apparently this is a thing out there. And they've been sharing this on social media, so we're just going to watch that for a minute. As sweethearts, we've always thought of these misprinted candies as rejects. Turns out, they were just ahead of their time. Introducing Sweetheart's Situation Chips, the perfect Valentine's gift for 2024. We packaged only our blurriest, vaguest, most indecipherable candies to be perfect for your undefined relationships. With messages like, sun myths, mini, and oven burns you can finally give a gift as blurry as your relationship get yours today at sweetheartscandies.com buoy now limited time so like i was saying i guess situationships is a thing now yeah i mean i guess this is referring to those non-committal sort of there aren't clearly established boundaries we used to talk about them the relationships before you have the dtr the define the relationship talk yeah. i guess that's what they're they're kind of getting to but i i do think it kind of says something about our society where we're now feeling the need to like create something around this that there's that much of this um i don't know non-committal and i would argue pr probably self-focused you know that we're not in real committed relationships because we're kind of what 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 appeases yeah. us at the moment i mean you're saying dtr yeah. You know, but I think we're at the point now where people think that's not even necessary. Like, you don't even need to have a talk because it's totally, it's just in the situation. It doesn't matter what the outcome is. It's totally based on, hey, you're meeting my needs in this moment. Um, so this could go nowhere or it could not. You know, it's totally just based on, it seems like, needs and not the idea of sacrificing for another person. Yeah, and if needs is even, the, the it's actually really one. Short-term needs. It's, it's not once. even, it's not yeah. even, yeah, because, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I guess people just, I mean, they're prioritizing. But, I mean, that's consistent with the dating trends, right? Like dating 
you know, I think they said something like in, there's about 64% of the sort of single population actively dating. There's all these people that are sort of like not even actively dating because they're focused on, it said like fo- focused on themselves, like their yeah. own, um, you know, okay, fine. You don't have to date, but it's just interesting that there's this. And then you hear about these people that just go on trips together and they have like a traveling relationship. I don't even yeah. know what that is. And then I saw one of the trends for 2024 was something called thawing. And that was where we take an old relationship that's been on ice. I yeah. didn't I didn't know we iced relationships. I thought they just ended, but they don't end anymore. I guess they go on ice and then you thaw them off and sort of reconsider yeah. the timing of it. I, I don't know. We, we've got a situation. We have a situation. In our culture. Not ju- yes, we have a situation with situationships because that's just um, um, disturbing. But I do want to say, or maybe you want to say something well, else I just before I make a marketing comment. Comment. No wonder the marriage rates are falling. I mean, because if everyone's focused on their career and everything, then, you know, you can just kind of fit in this situationship into your you make, you, yeah. you make it what you um, want it to be. You make it what you want it to be. And then we we're sh- we act shocked when they come out with this data that everybody's marrying at later and later ages and having less and less kids, you know. So I, I think that fits into the whole picture. Yeah, I think it does. Now, I also think I mean they've been about marketing for a while, right? They've these these hearts, the messages on the hearts have changed. Like they added that you know, they add in some trendy ones, right? So there's like um text me where, you know, when okay. it started in nineteen oh eight or whatever ridiculous <laughs> this is a very old candy by the way. Like it has been around for a while. Yeah. But um, you know, so they've updated some of that. So I'm I'm actually surprised there's not like swipe right, you know, referencing our <laughs> our dating apps or whatever. But also it is kind of genius to take your imperfections, right? Those are candy imperfections, the blurry right. ones, and turn them into a marketing thing. And I just yeah. I'm kind of sad and here's why. My mom worked in a candy shop for a little while and we would get the imperfections home so if they messed up like making the swirl on the chocolate or whatever yeah. that chocolate came home because it was just going to get thrown out anyway so now I'm kind of like okay so now they're keeping all the mistakes yeah now and- they're marketing their <laughs> yeah. mistakes and able to make money off it so it's actually pretty genius but well just it also fits with our culture I have to show a few so they have these downloadable messages on the website here's one do you know how much you mean to me because I don't so <laughs> That whole thing. I'm sure that's just so reassuring and romantic on Valentine's Day that you get one of those. Well, apparently there are a lot of people out there in these situationships that want these because they have a notice on their website that it's sold out. So we're going to flash that up. Um, Check out this message we're showing on the screen here. Due to an overage in situationships, um, you know, it says they're sold out, but situationships are never really over. So I just... (laughs) <laughs> it just really speaks to kind of how we've moved away from, I, I know this is silly and fun, but it, it does speak to how we've kind of moved away from we're dating with a purpose toward, you know, courting toward marriage. I just wonder if they <laughs> even have the one that says marry me because they used to have one that says marry me. Is that some still guy, in there? Well, some guy went and like bought all these, but there's like a beautiful proposal story about these candies oh, yeah, and him and yeah. the company shipping him. So I just wonder, is there even like a marry me in there anymore? Yes. You know, that's obviously yeah. on the decline. All right. I'm, I'm <laughs> going to see if we have one more to transition. Um, I'm still getting. All right. I have rock star. So I like that one. Dream. Dream. I guess that fits in with that. All, all right. right. <laughs> so we've, we've beat this enough. So we're going to head on into our latest General Assembly updates. And one thing that's getting a lot of attention lately is what's going on with this effort to commercialize marijuana. Can you bring us up to speed on that? Yeah, I mean, this is pretty much the major bill of the session. And so there's, well, then there's really two. There's a Senate bill, Senate Bill 423, that's with Senator Eben. And then there's also Senate Bill 448, and that's Senator Rouse. He's, if you remember, he's newer from Virginia Beach area. And both of them would commercialize these high-potency um, THC products. So they're going to basically create recreational marijuana, but essentially it's it's the, the, the shop, the industry 
around it. So this idea of having, and we've said this before, having pot shops on every corner, which is really our, our tremendous concern about this. And of course, ironically, they're trying to fast track this through, even though we know there's new research all the time that shows more and more harmful effects, particularly with teens, um, but also adults. I mean, they're, um, and so they're just trying to rush this through. And we know that people are paying a heavy price for um, this, this, this sort of increased opportunity for addiction in our culture. And so, um, and, and I, I, you know, I think most concerning is the kids that now we're starting to see suffering higher rates of psychosis from yeah. mar- marijuana-induced psychosis. Um, so Be- Because it's available, it's easier, yeah, especially easier if you to commercialize to. it. Yeah. Um, it becomes easier and they're using it more frequently. And that's where you see this increase in the psychotic and the hallucinations. Yeah, if, it's on, if it's on every corner, if it's yeah. available, if it looks the same as, you know, oh, we're going to, you know, like teenagers used to sneak drinking or whatever. I mean, it's yeah, it's around. Yeah. So it's going to be used by kids. And, you know, that's our concern. In fact, um, I would just mention sort of um, the Colson Center recently highlighted some research where nationwide where the number of kids diagnosed with cannabis induced mental disorders, including schizophrenia and psychotic episodes, has increased by 50 percent. So I mean, think about that. 50 percent. And this is our teens, our kids that we're talking about this happening to. Yeah. Um, and we're just apparently focused on making money industry side of this. We're not looking at this incredible cost and you know the kid the next generation's well-being and their lives even most of the hearings this year have been primarily focused on how's it going to make money how are we going to regulate the big guy versus the little guy most of the hearings have been nothing to do with the actual health impacts on our society mm-hmm. and i do also want to mention you know it is well documented that today's level of thc right. potency is so much more than it was so that's this is not your mama's pot or no, whatever they isn't. say which is I so mean, terrible Recently, that case with the four-year-old who took the gummy bears and died in Spotsylvania, I believe. Um, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, it's it's incredibly cons- disturbing. And I, I will say this. I feel like they're downplaying the risk when they are, whenever they are talking about it, which is not often enough in these committee hearings. They're downplaying it. And I think there was a really rather stunning moment with Senator Rouse in committee where he's the sponsor of the bill. And he literally waves aside concerns about marijuana by basically analogizing it to Tylenol. Yeah, because I think I think the person speaking testimony was bringing up these concerns about the potency and, and you know, sh- maybe we should be a little careful with this. And just for him to sarcastically dismiss that, um, let's just listen to that clip real quick. I read an article as well that the FDA finds cannabis to be more like Tylenol than um, than, than heroin. You, I don't have a question for you, just more of a comment, sir. You can have a seat. Okay, thank you. Um, so just, so and from that notion, if you take to me Tylenol as well, it could be harmful to you, to, to your body as well. So um, I, I, I find, you know, we'll, we'll take in the concern but even if you consume alcohol, Tylenol, any drugs will have a harmful effect more than it intended to use will have a harmful effect to your to your body. Well, again, I just want to say when you have four year olds dying, it's it's not Tylenol, okay? It's <laughs> so, not Tylenol. Yes, hundred um, percent. <laughs> but the left, you know, we've talked about among our staff, the left just loves comparing or bringing up Tylenol, comparing dangerous drugs to Tylenol. Yeah, we've seen that with the chemical abortion thing, and so we've talked about that here before. And I, and in in his comment, he's saying more akin to Tylenol than heroin. I mean, heroin. I, this is not 
This is nothing comparatively. Well, and, he, and, and he was trying to say, well, you can overdose on anything. Correct. Yeah, but... No, correct. And, and I, I just want to be clear. Let's talk about just even the things that have been high profile in the news lately with marijuana. You, I mean, you literally have a woman who stabbed someone 108 times. And it's been in the news because she didn't get any prison time. She got no jail time. She got 100 hours of community service. Mm. But she blamed it was a psychotic episode from marijuana. And literally, the article I read called her a novice marijuana user. I don't even want to know what an expert marijuana user is. But that the idea that, that marijuana can cause someone, and they basically validated it by saying that's the reason she's not getting yeah. a harder sentence. I, I don't know of any murder cases coming out of Tylenol. N- nothing coming out of Tylenol. I think we have to mention the Massachusetts thing that's just come out recently. It's a study uh, because Massachusetts, of course, legalized this like in 2016. So there's seven years or so of data. And what they're saying is, and it's doctors out of Boston Children's Hospital. And what they're saying is, out of all the kids that come in for like routine whatevers, they're saying they are reporting a third of them are self-reporting that they're using marijuana. So you've got a third of just whoever of kids using marijuana and then they're saying the reality of that means a third of those kids are going to end up with hallucinogen you know hallucinations or paranoia of yeah. some type i mean what more data do you need look at what we're doing to our kids and we're here talking about seems like we're talking about industry and the finances of this it's really maddening yeah and i think a lot of the arguments we're hearing in committee are about how we don't want a black market so i think we need to talk about the reality of this too um this idea that somehow if we put all this basically if the state starts getting money out of it then all of a sudden there won't be a black market let's well and that's the point i kept hearing over and over in all of these hearings they kept saying every single time well we have to do this because if we don't we're going to have this dangerous black market out there and it's already starting to grow so victoria's do just kind of tell us how you're responding to that (laughs) well okay let's look at states that have marijuana issues and whether they have a black market or not, right? So we've got New York. New York is a great example. They have legal cannabis. And guess what? They're ta- they literally are articles talking about how this is a constant battle of the black market. You also have, and I, this is just a recent news story, but I think it's really relevant, is you had out in California. So California, the sort of probably, you know, where we all think of recreational. Well, I guess we think of Colorado, too. But, you know, they have recreational um, marijuana usage. And yet they just had literally a situation that came up at the end of January, showed up in all the news, where they had five guys arrested for gunning down six other guys in the San Bernardino desert over, and it's there, it's very clear in the article, over illicit oh. marijuana. So we got drugs crime the whole nine yards and, and it's a legal industry totally fine to use in california it, just so you don't think it's the most extreme states oklahoma too they legalized marijuana yeah, it's right? crazy to think of and, oklahoma as having i mean legal they marijuana, say they have a problem with criminal organizations so <laughs> oklahoma like this is not where i think of gangs but see where you have drugs you have you know, you've organized crime. That's just a reality of how it's always been. And so the idea, yeah. and it's frustrating to watch lawmakers um, grab onto this. And I, I got to be honest, this is this is a bipartisan. Um, <laughs> we have people on both in both parties getting drawn into this idea that oh, if we regulate it, it will somehow be okay. Um, Are they not looking at this information? I well, don't. and I and I think people need to start considering contacting your legislators. If you haven't already, talk to your legislators. And it doesn't matter. I would say it doesn't matter whether they're Republican or Democrat. We have we've had two votes already. By the time this airs, there may be another vote. But on the Senate side already, we've seen um, either abstentions or an actual vote in favor of the bill moving to another committee by uh, two Republicans in particular, Senator. Um, 
Craig, who's new to our Senate, has has voted in this direction. Christy Craig, right? Christy Craig, yeah. yeah. And then also we had sort of an abstention from Senator Jordan. Now, Senator Jordan, some people know, was Senator Senator Brewer has changed her name, so it's a little confusing. Okay. Um, But somebody we do know, she came over from the House. All right. But again... Um, abstentions or voting something towards another committee that's all sort of like not stopping it. Yeah. So um, people need to not assume that there's a party label and therefore it means something. Not on this. Well, and the disturbing thing about Republicans, you know, helping this process along is that we probably we might need a governor veto on this, right? Yeah, I think that's the next piece of this is that we really have to, I mean, this bill could get all the way to the governor's desk and I hope that people are already ready and prepared to start contacting our governor. Um, we need him to have a very, very strong veto of this, no matter how much money it makes the state, no matter how much, you know, it can sort of come into the state under the guise of industry. We really need him to go, no, this is too harmful for our kids. And if you have too many Republicans joining with Democrats, that may make a veto a little bit more challenging. So, you know, we need people on both sides of the aisle here hearing from you and the governor. Absolutely. So what's the basic message again to the governor's office at this point? Yeah, it's to be ready to use your veto pen. It is we oppose this. It harms children. Please don't get suckered into. And I don't you know, our governor is, is a smart man. He knows he is. He's already indicated a lot of sort of disdain for that. I mean, he you know, he he appears to be headed in the direction of I don't like this. I don't think it's good. So we just have to kind of help him get all the way there mm-hmm. to vetoing the whole thing. All right, Jesse, I know you heard some inconsistencies as well that stood out to you. Did you want to chime in on that? Yeah, so I actually think this is a really great example of the priorities of the left in our General Assembly right now. So um, during the Senate Courts of Justice uh, Committee meeting on this bill, um, actually prior to the hearing of this bill, they heard um, something from Senator Tara Durant, um, and she brought forward a bill talking about closing a loophole and how we prosecute people uh, who were found with explicit child sexual material. Um, And so she brought that forward. They hung it up on one word that they were uncomfortable with. It was about 10 minutes, took very little testimony and wouldn't amend the bill to actually move it forward, make a meaningful impact here, Um, even with Commonwealth's attorneys coming forward to say that they needed this. Uh, But on this bill in the same committee, they spent about 45 minutes, almost an hour uh, going through multiple amendments that they passed to fix sloppy language to make it okay for all the stakeholders in the room. So it's really just you know, it's it's money that they're chasing from these industries, from the cannabis industry, from the abortion industry. And you can really see where the priorities are. Yeah. Well, if you want to speak up about this, let me remind you to be in tune to our alerts, familyfoundation.org slash alerts. And our text, uh, text TFF, as in the Family Foundation, to 77222 to be able to get up to date, you know, up to the minute, really, even um, alerts on what's going on. And like the committee hearing that Jesse was talking about, you can watch that for yourself if you are tuned into our text alert. Well, it's that time again. Time for our Inconceivable Moments Award. This is where we're featuring examples of the absolute lunacy and craziness that happens when cultural leaders try to give guidance completely apart from biblical principles. And we're calling this the Liberals' Most Inconceivable Moments Award. Inconceivable! Well, once again, we have a rather somber topic for our Inconceivable today. And I don't know if all of you have seen in the news lately, but there were six pro-life advocates that really need our prayers right now in a big way. Um, And these are parents with kids, keep in mind, 
people you would never dream of being thrown into federal prison. But they're at risk of this right now because a few days ago they were found guilty of violating a federal law that you may have heard of called FACE, FACE Act. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. But also even a felony conspiracy charge was thrown at these people. And they could face up to more than 10 years in prison and fines of up to $260,000. So, Victoria, I know you know one of these individuals personally, right? Yeah, I mean, one of them's a Virginian that's been long time, you know, trying to make a difference at our abortion centers here in Virginia, Denny Green. He's from Cumberland. And, um, you know, he's one of several pro-lifers who were advocates that were singled out um, and named by the Department of Justice in their press release when this all went down. And basically, he and some others went to an abortion center that was in Tennessee. So it wasn't, this didn't happen in our state, but that was part of a larger office building. And some of them went basically, some of them were outside and then some of them went inside and they lined the hallways leading um, up to the center's entrance. And um, you can actually see a video of this. They're singing, they're praying um, and, and reading the Bible and um, trying to talk abortion-minded women out of ending their child's life. So maybe we should look at some of that video. Yeah. All right, well, I don't know about you guys, but that certainly does not look or sound like something worthy of a decade-long prison sentence. Now, we have heard that some of them may have been blocking an entrance to the abortion clinic, um, which I understand technically could violate a law on the books. But still, if you think about this, you know, more than 10 years in prison seems a little excessive that that's even in play. And again, like I said, these are parents with kids. Yeah, I mean, I think people can have different opinions about what is civil disobedience, when should it be employed, and different opinions about what's impactful when you're trying to make a difference on the abortion issue. But uh, the bottom line, what's, what's disturbing about this is the exorbitant sentence that they've been given, or I shouldn't say given, that they're being threatened with because we're yeah. not yet at the, at the official sentencing portion. But it's just the Biden Justice Department kind of heavy-handed yeah. and you would like hammer, of course, hammer yes and of course treating them like they're criminals that they're like I mean they're being treated like they have much more significant offenses um, that have happened and so and I think it's just this in light of how we've been seeing the Biden administration all over the place reducing sentences for you know crimes and for drug-related things and just sort of treating other things very lightly I think that's mm-hmm. kind of the the disturbing part. I mean, literally, the Biden administration has been pardoning thousands of drug-related crimes as we speak. Nonviolent <laughs> yeah. is sort of their That's thing. The excuse and they're using is that they're nonviolent. I don't think these this this yeah. situation that we saw in the video I, I it didn't look. Yeah, and and that's the irony in this because the attorneys for the pro-life people, you know, they tried to point out, look, these people were peaceful. They're singing. They're praying. They're not acting in violent ways but then the government attorney came back and insisted you know look they broke a law so it, it's not peaceful if you broke a law and if you just look at the record again of how the law is being applied there, there's a problem with that there's some inconsistencies well there's really actually a problem with the law itself which is a kind of a whole nother discussion mm-hmm. but, it, but the hypocrisy is really mind-blowing i mean the law is basically they're accused of 
violating the FACE Act is the abbreviated version. It's Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances. And so this is basically this politicized law that just is intended to go after pro-lifers. And it's basically saying, you know, you can't be sort of within a certain, you know, you can't in any way interfere with a woman getting to an abortion. And actually what's interesting about this law is it was put on the books before Dobbs was overturned. And it's all premised on you have this fundamental right to an mm-hmm. abortion. So a lot of folks ah. want to see this thing go down now that we're in a post-Roe era. But it is a politicized law just aimed at our people. And when you see, so so what it does is it it heightens the punishment that they can have that otherwise would be probably handled locally or would you know would be a small charge you know or a fine a small fine, but because it's now politicized and I would compare it kind of to how hate crimes operate. Yes. Right. Like yes. you've you've heightened it because it's a certain type. Because of, it's about abortion, it's somehow in a yeah, specialized yeah. class. Yeah. That's kind of how it's being treated. Yes. So that's part of what's happening here. Um, but again, it's just outrageous when you have all this pardoning going on with actual drug offenders, right. you know, and peaceful protest or, you know, I don't even think they call themselves protesters, but these these pro-life advocates um, having the just conspiracy and everything else thrown at them. And the other thing is, I do seem to remember one of the very first speeches that Kamala Harris ever made where she went to great lengths to defend what she called peaceful protesters and said they were going to be behind them. And, you know, of course, she was mostly talking about um, the what they call the mostly peaceful 2020 protesters. Yeah. Um, But let's just um, listen to that for a minute. It's no wonder people are taken to the streets and I support them. We must always defend peaceful protest and peaceful protesters. Okay, so, I mean, this is the irony, right? They're completely giving a pass, you know, a a get-out-of-free card, jail card-free for these people, but they're going to come down with federal prison terms against the pro-lifers that are actually truly peaceful. Well, you know, that does make me think, you know, since we see these inconsistencies, these hypocrisies, I am glad for groups like our Founding Freedoms Law Center that there are groups that people can turn to because it's kind of ending up where I'm wondering if we're all going to need legal assistance at some point. To be, I'm glad we have it available. That's all I can say. Well, with that said, I guess we are going to have to give our inconceivable award this week to the Biden administration. I do feel like they are getting an outsized share of these inconceivable awards. I think they've earned them. That is true. So this week they're getting it for, you know, weaponizing the justice system against people speaking up for life. All right. Thanks again, everybody, for joining us this week. Remember to share our podcast playlist, Speak Up Virginia podcast playlist. If you're listening on Apple or other audio only platforms, you can help people you know, know more about it, get the word out by just simply giving us a good review on there. That helps get the program out to more people. And also, I do want to plug our Action Days at the Capitol just right around the corner. Mama Bear Day, that's our Parental Rights Advocacy Day, February 15th, Thursday, February 15th. And Virginia March for Life. Mark your calendars now. Start talking to uh, to people in your sphere of influence, making announcements at your church to bring people out. It would be great if you fill up a church bus. That is February 21st. So thanks again. And remember, we are stronger when we speak together. 